Download with DP, a weekly podcast talking about high school and college sports right here in Central Illinois. I'll discuss what I saw in the past week, what's coming up on Channel 1450, and what we're looking forward to. Episode 17, that means 69 total episodes of the Download with DP, if you're keeping track of the consecutive week streak. Nice. This week's guest is Moreau Forsyth's head coach, Josh Joseph, who we'll get to in a little bit. But first, as always... We're talking about the games I saw last week and what is coming up on the website in the coming week. Last Thursday, I got to see two different teams clinch outright conference titles. The Glenwood Titans take care of business and win the CS8 soccer title outright with a big win in Decatur. Then the Williamsville Bullets beat New Berlin and clinched a perfect outright Sagamo title in volleyball. Both very impressive to run the table and do what they did. On Friday night, I was out by halftime, thankfully with the rain, as Rochester ran over Jacksonville. The Rockets are ready for the postseason, and I wouldn't want to play them. Speaking of 4A, SHG clinches at least a share of the CSA title in football, and they have to beat Southeast this week to do so outright. Who lost to Eisenhower, so take from that what you will. On Saturday, my brother and I made the long trip south to Carbondale to see a bunch of former CSA and Sagamo players on the field at the Division I level, Nick Baker, Avante Cox, Deontay Cox, Clay Bruno, Kate Eddington, Jeffrey Wills, Ty Reeder, Mitchell Logan, the list goes on and on and on. Nick Baker completed 25 of 28 passes for a record 89.3% completion percentage on his way to Player of the Week honors in the Missouri Valley. Avante Cox also made some history, setting a new school record for 39 consecutive games with a catch. Great stuff and great to see all the former players at that level. Monday was a big volleyball day this week. The Pleasant Plains Cardinals traveled to Rochester, and it was an awesome game. The Cardinals win in three sets. Congratulations to Coach Green on the new baby. Glad everyone is healthy. Tuesday night, it was City Swim, and the Cyclones took home first place. Wednesday night, another big volleyball evening as the Pleasant Plains Cardinals continued their road tour with a tough test of going to two-loss Lutheran High. The Crusaders and the Cardinals are two very, very good teams, and the level of play showed that on Wednesday night at our Saviors. While McKenna Cox and Kaylee Bergschneider helped Lutheran put up a great fight and a great game, the combo of Peyton Bergschneider, Lauren Buxton, Sidney McAfee, Sienna Hadley, the list goes on and on and on. They took care of business. Plains picks up two big wins this week, beating Rochester and Lutheran on the road. Now they head to Muhammad for a tournament before the Athens Regional We'll get to that in a minute. First things first, Thursday night. A couple good volleyball games on the slate. Williamsville at Hartsburg, Emden, and Porta at South County. Now let's talk about what's coming up on Channel 1450. Fantasy football on Thursday and all access from the Girls City Swim meet is coming at some point from SHG. On Friday, we'll have first half highlights from Rochester versus Springfield High in the regional soccer title game. Then I will be at Athens for Moreau Forsyth versus Athens, the Sagamo title matchup. Robert will be in Decatur. For Rochester versus MacArthur, Leanna will be at Waynesville for Auburn in town. We also have highlights from Olympia versus Porta and SHG Southeast. On Saturday, time for regional cross country. We'll have highlights from Taylorville in 2A and Petersburg in 1A. Then we'll have two great soccer games on Saturday. The 1A sectional title game in Verdon between Waynesville and Sacred Heart Griffin. That's at 3 o'clock. And also at 3 o'clock, the 2A Meridian regional title game between Glenwood and Jacksonville. Saturday night, the playoff pairings are announced. Will SHG go 3A? Doesn't look as likely anymore. So one more possible Leonard Bowl in 4A looks pretty imminent. Hopefully it's a semifinal again, but we'll find out for sure on Saturday. On Monday, 
We will have the Fill the Trailer Food Drive Collection Day. Good luck to New Berlin, Auburn, SHG, and Rochester. Then we'll be chasing down interviews for our second season previews. That is a hype video for each playoff team to show who they're playing, how they're feeling heading into the round one of the playoffs, and all that good stuff. Those will start dropping on Monday and Tuesday. Also Tuesday, the North Max Super Sectional Soccer Game, which will either be SHG or Williamsville against the winner of the Belleville Sectional for a trip to state on friday also on tuesday night the 2a chatham sectional doubleheader starts at 4 30 we'll have highlights from the 4 30 game and the 6 30 game also on tuesday the regional semifinal volleyball matchup that we will have is out in athens plains versus shg in a semifinal yeah that's big time so keep an eye on that one thursday all the girls regional title volleyball games are at 6 p.m so we'll have to figure out how to get to as many as we can of those be patient with us but that's what's coming up on channel 1450 now let's talk about this week's guest josh Jostis joins that's a mouthful to talk about the trojans about the sagamo and the playoff outlook let's jump in with double j welcome to the podcast this week coach Jostis. it's it's week nine and i just want to start there i can't believe this year just seems like it, it flew by I, I know people always say that about football season but um, how did this year feel for you in terms of... Uh, I totally agree. It's flown by. And I think because it's been back to normal, thank goodness. Uh, so the stressors, like the stress right now is that your team's playing well or that you're healthy or whatever, which is what it always should have been. But yeah. instead it was on seating charts and bus plans and, you know, those kind of uh, things. If your opponent was going to be, you know, COVID or not. And right. so... I think that's made it seem really fast, but it's, I'm sure glad to be back to normal. And heading into week nine, uh, let's just get right into it because I feel like I, I definitely want to talk about this. Being in Monroe Forsyth right now, the 2A looks like South's going to run through this area, whether it's St. Teresa or you guys. How good does that feel knowing? I mean, I know what you guys feel about St. Teresa and vice versa. That, that's got to be awesome to say that you two right now are ranked 1-2, and that's just kind of... It's right here in, in this area. Uh, I mean, if we get to that point, it'll be crazy. You know, we've had that, you know, a handful of times, and uh, uh, they call it the Macon County Super Bowl, and be probably the closest thing we get to the Leonard Bowl for, you know, uh, um, your area. Yeah. But uh, there's a lot of football to be played on, on both sides. Um, I've even seen Edgy had a pick that uh, had us going north, which we've yeah. never been north. How crazy would it be to be seven miles apart and playing for a state championship? Man, so, uh, we can only hope, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> so, um, but again, they're very good, and they've been really good. I mean, uh, the fact that we haven't met the last two years in the playoffs was due to us. Now, I think Wade's senior year, you know, we were set to make a run, and then the COVID season got us. But bottom line is, we haven't been there. You know, we've lost in the Sweet 16 two years in a, uh, two years in a row, I guess, if that's what you call it. Yeah. That's not up to our standards, and our seniors have done a good job of uh, of being really dedicated, and uh, uh, hopefully all that plays off, but again, a lot of potential football between now and then. We've talked about it before with you, but um, in terms of like, you know, JFL and you knowing the kids, knowing the teams, what is the feeling about this year's St. T team around you guys, and how much do you know them? I mean, because I feel like there's always that rivalry there, but like you said, you haven't seen them, so... 
it's hard to really say what they are. For them, uh, JFL-wise, it's different. You know, uh, a lot of these kids didn't attend and play at JFL for, for them. So we don't have, I mean, of their, like, top ten players right now, I'm not sure that any of them played uh, on their JFL uh, squad. So that's a little different. Yeah. Uh, we have played them the last couple of years at freshmen, so we always try and get that game in. Um, so we've been able to do that, but it w- did not happen for this group when they were, uh, I only have 10 seniors, so we didn't even, like that was the one season in my last 20 that we haven't had enough to play strictly a freshman schedule. So uh, that's a little different. So don't really have a background against playing uh, against those guys, but they do know each other, track, basketball, baseball, you know, I mean, we've grown up playing yeah. these kids, so. How much do you know about this year's AT team? Like you said, hopefully that's a while's away, a ways away. But at the same time, how much do you know, knowing, like you said, they're only ten miles away? Uh, got familiar with last year's squad, and a lot of those kids are coming back. Obviously, the Harper kid is back. There, uh, the Brummers uh, are both both back, and they were starting last year. And so we were looking at last year's film to see what what we were. You know we're going to be up against and didn't make it to you know to that, that stage. I haven't seen them uh, yet this year, so um, but I know judging by the track and basketball athletes that I see, I mean, going to be incredibly athletic um, out there on on all edges. Still a power run team, even though they are throwing the ball a little bit. I mean, the key is going to be you know uh, I've coached against Mark probably thirty times, so I don't think there's going to be a lot of uh, surprises there. Although he's continued to adapt as his career, you know, even after retiring. I mean, the old Central A&M team was right. going to be a double wing, like playing Athens. You know, uh, they look nothing like that now. So, uh, um, but it'd be fun. Uh, like I said, we'd, we'd love that opportunity. So, how? What is your relationship like with him? I mean, having two Hall of Fame coaches like you and him this close has to be. Well, uh, Mark was coaching there when I was in high school, yeah. so I mean, and that was our biggest rivalry game. I'm from Macon, and there from Week One, yeah. that was the the biggest rivalry. So played against him uh, there, got the better of him when we were seniors. We beat him 39 to nothing. I can still tell you the score. <laughs> Huge rivalry, you know, game for us every year. Beat him in a, a junior uh, with about 10 seconds left in the ball game. Uh, we just had our 30 year class reunion about two weeks ago. Yeah. So talking about all of those <laughs> games. So amazing for Mark for still, you know, being in the game and, do, and doing really well. Um, surprisingly enough, a lot of people are surprised at this, but, like, when I got this job, Mark Ramsey was my number one reference uh, list. So, like, because uh, um, I grew up, his family owned the gas station in, in Macon, so Ramsey Brothers Gas Station was his dad and, and uncle. And uh, so I've literally known them my entire life. Uh, Mark's aunt was our grade school cook. I think she made every meal, you know. Uh, so yeah. anyway, known them forever. Uh, Mark's best friends with my father-in-law. So um, still see him and talk to him a lot. Great guy. My wife actually works in Moikwa, so yeah. I mean, she uh, and they still lived there until recently. He has just built another house. But anyway, great relationship. Great guy. Like I said, as a 25-year-old, he was my marquee name right, on my yeah. <laughs> uh, re- references, uh, you know, and obviously must have given me a decent one. Uh, yeah. I, got, I got the job when I had no business getting it. So. Say that worked out good for both of you. Probably <laughs> good for his. Hey, yeah, I recommended that, that kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, let's talk about this year's team because, like you said, the, the 10 seniors coming into this year, um, I mean, you guys are always going to compete and be at the top of the conference. I think at this point that's just expected. But 
how well do you think the schedule worked out this year to where you got them that experience, the younger guys, and then, like we talked about, the, the four back games of your schedule, I mean, those are three playoff teams, two teams that are one-loss teams at this point. Um, it had it had to work out good. and I mean, you don't know that, but at the same time... Uh, you know, we knew the com- the conference, at least on what was returning, was going to be backloaded minus the Auburn game at the beginning, and we we expected them to be. I mean, good for them. Uh, what six and two? I think uh, right right now, and, and uh, the ball game was really tight for the first half, and we ended up getting the field goal right there at the end of the half. But yeah. I mean, seventeen to nothing was still a you know tight ball game, and we had to earn everything that we got there. Um, and, and so we just knew there was going to be some younger teams that were playing um, early, and that was good for us because we were uh, starting four of our five um, were new kids on the offensive line, uh, four of our five are juniors. So, like, looking forward, it's going to be good for, uh, you know, five of my top six linemen right now are all going to return uh, again. But coming into the year, that was a, that was a big concern. We knew... This junior class has been really good. It's not like it's a surprise. We have 21 juniors, so um, getting them up to speed uh, and matching the intensity level of a varsity football game, I'm glad I didn't play Williamsville in week one. You know, it was very beneficial for other reasons, too. You know, the weather had finally cooled down. We've had to play them really early, and uh, so there there were several things we liked about the way our schedule was set up this year, and so far it's played out the way we thought it was going to. Yeah, and... Man, I mean, you can't ask for much better in terms of getting ready for the playoffs to say, hey, week nine, we're playing for an outright conference title against a team that has one loss, against a team that beat us last year. Uh, so going into this week, I mean, that's just kind of an ideal situation. When, when um, Williamsville um, ha- has since moved to 3A, like we had played them in the playoffs a couple times when they were still 2A and their school continues to grow and has kind of outgrown that. We've actually played Athens more in the playoffs and kind of have a more natural rivalry because we are typically, you know, Athens is that bubble team now in 1A, but so were we not very long ago, you know. I mean, we won the 1A title in 2012, so it's not that long ago that we have. They've kind of are more our natural rival in in this league, and then because we played them back-to-back years in the playoffs, they ended up. We played them three years in a row, I think, and then they ended up upsetting us. You know, one of the one of those years, and uh, so it's a super exciting game. I mean, this is one our kids will have circled. You know, when the season started, they came here and beat us last year. Um, you know, we could use excuses. It was rain and Blunt didn't play. Blah, you know, but we don't. I mean, they yeah. came here and beat us. I think our kids are looking every bit as much forward to this ball game as they did two weeks ago against Williamsville. What do you see from that, from an Athens team? Because when you get in the playoffs, you're going to probably have to play one or two teams that look like that, but maybe not quite to that level. I mean, yeah. if they run, they run so well that that's why Knox is, is who he is and that's what they do. Um, that's I mean, if you talk about Week 9 games, it's a good one to play. Uh, it absolutely is. We've said that for, for years. Uh, at Olympia this this year kind of brought you know another team yeah. uh, that, that was going to... 
provide us just a totally different. I mean, you want to talk about looking bad? You ought to see our scout team try and run this. You know, uh, we literally against Olympia, we played without a ball. We just put a handkerchief in a kid's pocket, and that was the kid that had the ball. So we had to tackle all three parts of their triple option. Everybody had to be tackled, then we'd pull out. Yep, you got the ball carrier. No, you did not get the ball carrier. Uh, Against Athens, we don't take snaps. So our kids will literally, our quarterback, Jack, will start out with the ball in his hands already. So we hope it makes we're faster or as fast as what Athens looks like in hiding the ball and double dive and, you know, do those. So it really makes you extend like our scout team is just not used to anything at all that look, looks like that i think the best thing they do they're so varied with their blocking assignments like they have an answer for okay you're gonna play a five front or you're gonna play a four front or you're gonna play a three front i think that's what separates them some of these teams that come in and they're like well we're gonna be a power you know and it's the same scheme. And it's like, all right, we'll play six linemen, and you won't have an answer. I mean, I feel like Athens, the Lena Winslows, the teams that are really good at this have an answer. Okay, if you play five defensive linemen, then here's what we do. If you yeah. play three defensive linemen, here's what we do. So for us, we try and vary things up so that they don't get comfortable. Like, here's what we need to, to run. And we've had some success, you know, stopping uh, their, their run game and then – the, the years that we've lost to them, they took the lead early. We need to make Athens play catch up. Now, that being said, I feel like they beat us in 7-on-7 seven seven this summer um, at our tournament and, and won our championship uh, here. So they absolutely have the athletes to be able to. Like, if he decided he wanted to be a spread team, but I've told Ryan this before, I think the thing that makes him unique in our league is he would just be another spread team in our league and I think it is to their benefit uh, you know um, even though they maybe have the athletes to be able to do it it's just so different yeah. than, than what because I was good friends with Joey uh, Joey D and he went to the spread there a little bit even from being a wing T team and they had some success with that we are actually getting our master's degree together so I was, we talked about it all the time about switching and he had that Kern boy that was a stud you know a quarterback and anyway I, th- I think they could do both. Um, they elect not to, and I think it's probably a wise decision because they'd be one of seven spread teams in our, in our league that everybody's used to seeing, and it's just so different. So they do an outstanding job. Their kids are physical. They buy in. I mean, you pull into Athens, and you know you're in a football town. I yeah. mean, it, uh, it, so it's a lot of fun. You drive so. by Casey's in a subway, and then you get to the field, and that's yes. it. Yes, yes. So. Um, preparing for that and prepare for the playoffs how much more comfortable are you this year knowing you still have Aiden Riser and he's been doing this for four years I can't believe this is his final regular season game because it feels like he's been here as long as I've been with 1450 yeah. um, how much does he help this defense and what what do you see in him in terms of the leader we, we were talking about this on Saturday um, and, and I mean this like as sincere as I can put it and when we had Jack Hockaday, every time we stepped on the field, we knew we always had the best player. Didn't matter who we were playing, we had the best player, you know, that, that was going to be on the field. And there are a lot of great players in, in the Sangamo. But it is a really comforting feeling to step on the field and know you have the best player, you know, that's that's going to be on the field. Um, we don't rate our kids like I would never want to offend one of our other kids, but he's as good as no. any kid that we've ever ever had on our on our squad, minus the COVID season. Um, 
he would hold every tackling record we have, and we've obviously had some very, yeah. very good uh, yeah. uh, kids. He just last week broke uh, tackles for a loss and um, career tackles for a loss. Um, it's going to be harder for him to get the career tackles list, even though we've played four seasons. And the biggest thing is one of them was a shortened COVID season and two of them have been sweet 16 losses, which I kind of blame on the COVID season. So he hasn't had the number of games. Like Jack legitimately, he played in one semifinal and three state championships. So he, uh, and started every one of those. So he played in uh, 53 out of the possible 54, you know, games or whatever that is that you could uh, uh, play in, which is unbelievable. Um, So... Aiden is right up there with the best of any kids we had. Here's here's the best part about him. He practices the way he plays. He backs it up. He he talks a little bit. I saw your thing the other day that you know, hey, I'll be right back. Well, he was right back. You yeah. know, uh, he that's the kind of kid he is. And if you back that up, we're we're all about it. He holds the rest of our team to that high of standard, so they have to practice hard, to play hard. Thought it was funny. I was on him the other day about. You guys did the mic'd up thing, and I'm like, you're mic'd up, and you don't even have your practice jersey. He's like, I could give you the excuse, which is valid, but I won't even bother. I'll just line up and run. Yeah. And bottom line is, his car had blown a tire. Yeah. On the way to school, and mom and dad came and picked him up, grabbed his stuff, gave him their car, and then yeah. waited for AAA or whatever to come get his yeah. car. And the practice jersey didn't yeah. make it. But instead of going into that whole story, it's like, yeah. it's a valid reason, but I'll just push sleds when we're done and, and, and go on. The kind of example of the kid that, that I'm talking about. I mean, not one word, just line up. And, uh, and it was funny because as he's telling that story to somebody during the mic'd up, on the back of everyone's practice jersey, it says no excuses. And he literally says, hey, I'm, I'm not making an excuse. I'm telling you what happened yep. so you know, but I'm going to do whatever it takes. Yep. Um, so having that person on this team, because like you said, only 10 seniors, which is what it is. Um, how do kids take that and say, if I want to get to that level, that's what it takes? Because to have a program like you have, you have to have guys buy in and say, not only listen to you, but they have to listen to their senior, their leaders. I mean, if we're going to be any good, we've got to be player-driven, and I think any coach would tell you that. And so it is outstanding when you have a kid it says sets the standard for how you practice, how you're going to be physical. Great thing for us, I do have a couple junior captains this year, which is unusual, but Andy Bunjoy and Caden Maurer. So I already Two have kids that kids I know that are going to be doing this again next year. You know, Caden today squatted 380 pounds, and he weighed in at 140. Yeah. And, like, I mean, I look at him, and it's like, I mean, just un. Believable on how hard he works, never takes a day off. But our program has been built around a culture of kids that has been passed on even to Aiden. I mean, we had kids before that that he's like, okay, this is how we do it. And he has maintained that standard and then helps pass it on. Our kids know if we want to be really good, it's going to have to be. I mean, we, I have a great coaching staff, no doubt, no doubt about it. And they'll provide what we need, but we're only going to be great when kids are are leading it, and our ours are doing an outstanding job this year. So, what did you guys feel from the team after beating Williamsville? Because in terms of where you're at, state ranked, whatever you can say. That I also need Issa Abdul Rahman to the office, please. But when you do that, it's got to just kind of. 
bump the confidence to another level to say, hey, if we do what coaches tell us to do, we, we legit might have something here. Yes, I, I mean, I feel like this group, I've had up until that COVID season, I know I keep coming back to that, yeah. but we had had like every kid in our program had experienced a state championship game in like the last 15 years or whatever. This is the first group that hasn't. So every kid that had walked through our high school and experienced the state championship game had an extra five weeks of practice. Sometimes lots of them had three straight years of five extra weeks of practice, and this group is doing that without that. Um, and so I'm impressed um, with, with that for them because I do think that it has been a big advantage uh, to us is that our kids, our younger kids, see that and, and go through it. Um so I am super impressed with our kids' ability to just play the next game. When I say they've played in a lot of big games, like that Williamsville game was a really big big game for us, I don't know that we've played in a lot of bigger games with this group of kids. Right. Traditionally, I'd have said that one doesn't matter. We've, they, they played in the state championship game last year. They played St. T in the semifinals right. last year. This group doesn't have that, so it was a big game. They shined under the spotlight. It was a great ball game, and we know we got to keep getting better. I told him on Monday when we got to films, if that's the best you've got, we're not going to win a state championship. But if that's the best we've got because it's week seven and we are seven more weeks of football left, then we got a shot. And they've bought into that. I didn't think we were great last week against New Berlin. The weather kind of sucked the whole day. And they are 16- to 18-year-old kids. Yeah. But I didn't think we were bad. I mean, we had a solid week of practice. I expect today to get out here and have another great week of practice. We had had a great week leading up to, to Williamsville. So You kind of talked about it there, but when you go to a state championship for years in a row, not only do you get that experience, but well, that experience is that extra time practicing. And I talked with, it, with, with Derek... Leonard, and even on the baseball side with like Jim Steinwart, you get so much more time, and those kids get not only the the practice, the experience of the big games, but they get that time together. And I think you can tie that in with you guys. Of not only do you have kids who are really good at football, but these kids also play other sports. Whether that be baseball last year, where they had all those extra practices, um, so. Yes, you guys don't have anybody that has played in a state championship, but you have kids who are together all the time, whether it be football, whether it be baseball, whether it be basketball, to where um, in a small school like this, having those relationships, can you see that as a coach of, like, kids picking each other up on the sideline or saying, you know, you can just kind of feel that sort of relationship with those guys? Absolutely. One of our videos uh, that we had on our cut-up on on. Um, Monday when we brought the kids in was our sideline. Both when Williamsville made some plays and when we made some plays and just to see all 44 kids that we had dressed 100% totally locked in on the next play and some of them knew I have a 0% chance to play in this game. But just to give you like quick tidbits on our practice, but like that day we against Williamsville, we ran. We have a 15-minute practice. Uh, we go against our number one defense for 15 minutes. We ran 56 plays against our defense wow. in 15 minutes. Yeah, 
That's faster than That's Williamsville fine. runs their plays yeah. in that amount of time because we had two full lines, one of which wasn't going to be great. Like it was like a sophomore, uh-huh. you know, kind of maybe. I think we even had a freshman that was in there. But so we had our normal number twos that could go fast. And when that sophomore group came in, because I do have enough young receivers that are good, that we were able, so we would run a play, whether it be run or pass. The very next play, everybody on the field knew it was going to be a pass because we had this really young group of linemen. But we were running another play. Like I said, in 15 minutes, we got 56 56 snaps in video to every one of them could show our kids. So our defense, when we got to Williamsville, went, hey, this isn't that that fast. And we also another other rules, like with our young kids, touch it with both hands, it's a catch. We're moving it on. And we move, you don't even have to catch this thing. Yeah. Just get two hands on this thing to show that you are open because we know the Williamsville kid is going to catch yeah. that. And uh, so moral of the story is those kids were bought in 100% that I had – a piece and helping those guys be ready even though they weren't going to play in that in that game and I think that goes to what you talk about and eventually those freshmen and sophomores will be those kids that are making those plays and having to play in those those games so um, it does all get tied tied together I mean I'm dressing currently three freshmen that know that they cannot play yeah. in a game on Friday they're getting this experience and starting on Monday, it's open game, boys. If you can play on kickoff return or kickoff or whatever, but you know, our freshmen are currently undefeated right now. Uh, the top two players on our JV team are both freshmen that are addressing. I mean, uh, our, our quarterback's a freshman and, and, and uh, got a slot receiver. I think he had four touchdowns last night again. I mean, he's probably, I guarantee he has more touchdowns than any kid in our program right now. So he's just going on Friday nights, yeah. staring like that's going to be me Watch soon. Like, uh, and, and it may be him starting on Monday already. So uh, now that we, because we're not playing the eighth in this game, they, you know, their numbers and being one A and yeah. ours are. We could probably play, but we'd be largely freshman and sophomore in a JV game. Yeah. And he's like, it's basically going to be my same team I played Thursday yeah. night with again yeah. on Monday. So yeah. I mean, we're done. Last night was our last JV game, but. Big thing talking about going forward, but you know our our freshmen have a chance if they beat Athens, though we'll have finished undefeated, and, and uh, uh, our our JV just finished the, the Sangamo undefeated, and we can take care of business on Friday. We will have finished undefeated, which we've never done since we've been in the league, and I, and nobody has done it since we've been in the league because we've always beat Williamsville at least at one of those levels. Yeah. So uh, um, excited about where our kids, you know, are going, and like I said, just things being back to normal. Yeah, so. um, it being week nine, it being chance to do that and win the conference outright. Um, you talked about it a couple weeks ago, but just it being what high school sports is all about and having the chance to really shine a light on that and you know have the kids elevate a little bit higher. Um, knowing that you have guys like Aiden, guys like Monjoy, guys like Blunk, guys like Caden who hits the game winning hit to send this team to state last year um do you feel like these kids not only aren't scared of those lights but really want them uh absolutely i i've told people like for years when the lights are the brightest we have seen some of our kids make plays that are just like 
You know, Mitch Williams would be a great example. You know, I mean, I think Mitch has 18 catches and two touchdowns on the on the season because we got a bunch of really good receivers. So yeah. you're going to pick and choose, but we felt like we had a matchup there, and and when the lights were shining the brightest, and Mitch is a, started on the varsity basketball team as a freshman. Uh, he, he was like the tenth man on the baseball team that went to state. It's not like this is a surprise to anybody, but yeah, when it was his turn, he he was ready to step up and make a play. And I think that's a big deal for our kids to to not let anybody down and then not shy away from the moment, but actually be looking forward to relishing that moment. And you won't always be successful. Mitch Williams could have got caught. He could have dropped that ball, you know. But yet it was my turn, and I'll take my best shot. A quick dad moment to wrap it up. Uh, as a football coach at this level and having the success that you had, uh, what's it like watching your kid play at the college level? Um, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, I'm really enjoying it. About a month ago, I said to Wade, you know, he's been a number three QB since he's been there, so he dresses varsity, knowing he's never going to play. This year, they had a kid not go out, and they returned their junior starter and Joey Sprinkle from, which is who uh, pitched in that Monticello game, uh, to tie that back, went to St. Ambrose. He's a heck of an athlete, and uh, and he beat out their starting varsity quarterback. So they started, I mean, St. Ambrose was starting a true freshman in game one. Broke his wrist, unfortunately, in in that game, and then the trickling order kind of fell fell back in. But I just said, wait, if you're going to dress, I'd walk in there and say, hey, Coach, I want a shot to play, and I'll play anywhere. You know, I've been on kickoff team. Uh, you know, I've been on kickoff return a few years ago when we beat Williamsville here. Wade took the opening kickoff about 60 yards, you know, and set us up and kind of, you know, I mean, so throw it out there. The worst he's going to tell you is, no, that's yeah. stupid. Quarterbacks don't play special teams or whatever. And he said, hey, if you prove it in practice, we'll give you a shot. Uh-huh. And he did. Hey, if you'll prove that in a JV game, so funny story, but three weeks ago or four weeks ago, he throws a touchdown pass, comes down, makes a solo tackle on kickoff at the 11-yard line, does that three straight times in a 21-3 win, and, you know, I was really proud of the fact that, one, he was willing to get elevated to, on the kickoff team and now punt team and, and, yeah. and extra point team, and, I mean, just working his way into being a useful member and, and is in, enjoying it. And their little JV team off to a 5-0 start, so that's been great. The one drawback is, because we're both in season, i got a daughter that's playing volleyball right now, too, right. is we are in every direction right <laughs> now that you could be. So, like, last Saturday, I drove by myself uh, to Davenport and watched them play um, Olivet Nazarene. Yeah. You know, Wade gets, I don't know, eight or ten snaps, you know, and kick off in different special teams. Drive back home because it's Bren's birthday party. She's turning 16. And wake back up the next morning, drive back up there because uh, we had JV game. Yeah. They were playing Illinois Wesleyan. would have been a lot handier if it was at Bloomington. Uh, nice. yeah. And uh, so anyway, Wesleyan had pounded him last year, and, and we beat him 14 to nothing. And, and uh, so it's been a lot of fun. But it is a lot of uh, football, which was one of the reasons why I knew that I was going to step back this year. You know, I'm not the OC uh, this year. I still chime in and probably annoy John Kidd. But I brought Tim Peasley to, to up from special teams to defensive coordinator. Brought Kidd from defense to offense. And then brought Logan Stelzry, our you know, all-state all quarterback, back from the 11 and 12 teams. Uh, left the college game, so he's been a huge. Uh, so he's now our special teams coordinator and JV guy. So it's been a lot of fun for me. 
still watching a ton of film. I make Heidi drive, and I just watch them on my iPad on the way up there and back. But, like, coaches' meetings in the morning here, we're usually, like, 8 to 11.30 or something like that. And then I send everybody home. Everybody's off for the weekend. And and uh, I might be in here 8 to 9, and then I'm leaving, and I'm sending them 8 million text messages, uh, you know, on the ride up there. So it has been great. Um I'm gonna miss Saturday playoff games. Are gonna, I'm gonna have to miss his varsity games coming up. Uh, then still run up there on Sundays, and so it's been fun. Uh, it is, it is everything I wanted it to be. It would be nice if we could go stay and watch the game on Saturday night and stay the night in the hotel. I think we've been able to do that once in the in the 15 games he's played in. But it's been a lot of fun, and I know he's enjoyed it. Wade's going into this business. And I know he's going to be an outstanding coach. He helps us all summer long with our freshmen. And and uh, so he's going to be great at this. And just anything he can pick up in this college experience. And I feel like St. Ambrose is turning the corner, maybe not necessarily at the varsity record-wise record, or record wise yet. But, I mean, they're they're making strides. And uh, like I said, JB is off to a great start. Him playing both really keeps us bouncing right now. So. I'm just thinking five years, Bryn will be like, okay, you can come up for parents week and that's it. And then you guys will have nothing to do. No, weekend, nothing right? to do. <laughs> and uh, yeah, she'll sh- shine at a sorority somewhere, I'm sure. So I appreciate your time. Looking forward to Friday. I think it's going to be a really fun game. And uh, as always, great talking to you. Good to see you too, man. I appreciate your time. Thanks to Coach Joseph for his time. Always fun to talk football with him, and I can't wait for Friday. That's a wrap for this week. We'll be back next week with playoff stuff and, of course, Nick Broker on 6 Minutes with Sauce. I'll see you next week.